and believe he will. Amen. Take your Bibles, 1 Kings chapter number 2, 1 Kings chapter number 2, and if you'll give me some more monitor up here this morning, I would appreciate it. I sound a little echoey. 1 Kings chapter number 2 this morning, obviously I don't have much of a voice, and uh, so I'll, I'll do the best I can this morning, 1 Kings chapter number 2. Uh, let's, let's read verse number 1. I want you to stand with me, if you will. 1 Kings chapter 2 and verse number 1. Uh, we're going to be in several places um, in, in, the, in the Bible this morning, mainly in, in 2 Samuel uh, and then 1 Kings and so keep your Bible handy. If you want to turn with me, you can. If not, just follow along uh, the best that you can. First uh, uh, Kings chapter 2, verse 1. Now, the days of David drew nigh, that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. I think that's pretty good advice. Be a man. <laughs> And uh, I'm, I'm going the way of all the earth. Everybody is going that way through death. And he said, before I leave, I want to tell you something, son, be a man. And keep the charge of the Lord thy God. That's pretty good advice. Do what God says. To walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. That the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth, with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. Now, up until this point, the advice is pretty common of that of a Christian, pretty common of that of a dying man to his son who is taking the throne over from uh, David. Solomon will become his successor, and that's pretty normal advice. Be a man, follow God, do right, live for the Lord, live, live in the will of God. But notice verse number 5. It takes a turn. Moreover... He's still giving advice. Thou knowest also what Joab, the son of Zariah, did to me. And what he did to the two captains of the host of Israel, unto Abner, the son of Ner, and unto Amasa, the son of Jether, whom he slew, and shed the blood of war in peace, and put the blood of war upon his girdle that was about his loins, and in his shoes that were on his feet. Here's his advice. You know what Joab did to me, to Abner, and to Amasa. Do therefore according to thy wisdom, verse 6, and let not his whorehead go down to the grave in peace. That hoary head is that gray head. Don't let him die an old man in peace. He said, don't let, don't let him die the death of an old man, a peaceful death. But I want you to figure out how to kill Joab. That's odd to me. Let's pray. I'm going to preach to you. It's time to kill Joab. 
and see what the Lord will say to our hearts this morning. Lord, we love you this morning and we thank you for your word. God, thank you for the sweet spirit that's been here present, Lord, this morning. The, uh, the singing and the praying and the worship and the praising. And uh, we thank you for it. Lord, I pray, God, that we'd leave comforted. I pray we'd leave encouraged. I pray, Lord, we'd leave convicted. And, Lord, may we leave challenged this morning to be more like you. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd bless the congregation under the sound of the preaching this morning. I pray you'd bless those that are out sick and out of town. God, I pray, Lord, you'd touch the nursery, though they're babies back there, Lord. They're in a good place in the house of God. It's your house, and those that are watching them are your people. And I pray, God, you'd touch them this morning. I pray, God, for those in children's churches that walked by this morning and saw it full of, of life, full of children. I pray, God, that you'd speak to them this morning, touch them. Lord, we thank you this morning for your goodness and mercy. God, give us what we need in Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Again, you, you read it with me. Interesting, David is challenging Solomon. He said to him, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, death is coming, and I know I'm not going to escape it, and you're going to be the king after me, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to do right. I want you to be a man. I want you to serve the Lord. I want you to give your best. I want you to honor God in all your ways, and I want you to kill Joab. Uh, I read that, and, and, and there's other advice that he gives. He tells him how to deal with Shimei. He tells him uh, what to do in certain matters. But he says to him, I want you to end the life of Joab. I thought about that because Joab is a prominent figure uh, in the Word of God. Uh, Joab is, uh, is prevalent uh, all throughout the Word of God. We, we, we see Joab... Uh, uh, I, I put this in my phone and I, I forgot to write it down. Uh, we see Joab uh, mentioned in, in, in the life of David 146 times in the Old Testament. You say, well, what, what, is the, what is the significance of that? Well, Adam is mentioned in the Old Testament 22 times. Uh, Noah is mentioned in the Old Testament 50 times. And I would say this morning that Adam is a pretty significant fella in the Bible. And, and yet we only find that 50 or 22 times there is reference to Adam in the Old Testament. Uh, Noah is a pretty significant individual in the Bible. And yet we find that 50 times Noah is brought up, his name is mentioned in the Old Testament. And yet Joab, 146 times his name is mentioned. I'd say this morning that he is at least, if nothing else, a prominent character in the life of David. I'd, I'd go as far this morning to say that David's life would not be the same if it were not for Joab. That Joab plays a crucial part in the life of David. And yet David gets to the end and he says, it's time for Joab to die. Uh, I, I'll say some good things about Joab, and then we'll look at why it was that David wanted him to die. Uh, I can say, first of all, in, in talking about the good things about Joab is that, and maybe that you would understand who he is, Joab is related to David. 
Uh, David is the youngest of seven boys. His father, Jesse, has seven sons and two daughters. And David is the youngest of those seven boys, and he's got two sisters. One of them's name is Zariah. The other's name is Abigail. And Joab is the oldest son of David's sister, Zariah, which makes Joab David's nephew. Uh, And because David was the youngest son, it is believed that Joab is close in age to David. They have grown up together and known each other pretty much their whole life. And at least it could be said that David has known Joab, Joab's entire life. Uh, David is an older man now. He's dying. And he says, I know I've known him my whole life. He's been around my whole life. But it's time for him to die. Joab is related to David. He is David's nephew. As a matter of fact, David has reigned in between his reign in Judah and Israel. He has reigned on the throne for 40 years as king. And that entire time, Joab has been a part of David's monarchy. For the entire time, Joab has served David. He has lived among David. He has fought for David. He has fought with David, hand in hand, side by side, in the battles, in the decisions. There's been David and there's been Joab. And for the majority of that time that David is on the throne, Joab is the captain of the host of the army of Israel and Judah. Uh, Israel's army today is called the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force. And, and, and if it had a title then, Joab would be the captain of the IDF. He is the biggest man in charge of all the military power in all of Israel and Judah. And he's been, he's been that position twice for the majority of 40 years. And yet David says it's time for Joab to die. I say something else, not only is Joab uh, related to David, but Joab is respected. He's respected by his friends. He's respected by his foes. Uh, He is respected by his enemy. Everyone knows who Joab is, and they know he is not a man to be messed with. They know that he is a man that will fight to the bitter end. He is a man that will give his all. And one thing you can say about Joab, whether you agree with him or disagree with him by the time we're done preaching, is that Joab is not a man to be messed with. He is good at his job. If you want somebody on your side to fight for you, Joab is the man. And yet David looks at Solomon and he says, if you ever want peace... If you want a kingdom, not a bloody kingdom, not a kingdom of war, but if you want a kingdom of peace, then you've got to get, if you want to fight, keep Joab around. If you want to fight, if you want blood, if you want war, hang on to Joab. But if you want peace, if you want to live in peace, then it is time for Joab to die. And he gives three reasons. David says in verse number five, Moreover, thou knowest also what Joab the son of Zariah did to me. Number one, he said, you know what he did to me. You say, what is it? I'll show you in a minute. Number two, and what he did to the two captains of the host of Israel. Here's the second one. Unto Abner the son of Ner. And here's the third. Unto Amasa the son of Jether whom he slew. He said, you know what he did these three times that makes him worthy of of death. Here, here's my whole thought in a nutshell. I'm going to 
I'm going to give you these three stories this morning. If you'll bear with me. I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to run to all three of these stories. I'll read them. I'll comment on them. And, and, and then I'll come back and give you the outline that I have. And I'll make an application. And what I want you to understand this morning is that there is Joab living in you. If you're sitting in here this morning, there's, there's a resemblance of Joab and he's living in you today and he's living in me. And if you want to live the life God wants you to live and if you want to live in the peace of God and the goodness of God, then Joab must die. Joab is a picture of your flesh. Joab is a picture of you apart from God. He is that inner man that wants to run your life and wants to rule your kingdom apart from the will of God. Does that make any sense? And if you want to live the life, God, and, and I don't care who you are, how Christian you are, how godly you are, I mean, that's all wonderful, but there's an inner man in you that is full of Joab. He acts just like Joab, and he wants to take control, and you know that's right. And it's time for Joab to die. Uh, let me give you these three illustrations this morning that David says. Uh, first of all, let me, uh, let me tell you the first story this morning that I want you to see. There's three murders. Joab literally commits murder three times. Number one, there's the murder of Abner. If you want to take your Bibles this morning quickly, go with me to 2 Samuel chapter number 2 this morning. 2 Samuel uh, uh, and the second chapter of 2 Samuel chapter number 2. Let me give you some uh, and I don't want to get lost in the details, and uh, I'm struggling with my voice, so y'all do your best. If, if, if you don't get it, it won't be on you, it'll be on me, but do your best to stick with me. This is not normally how I preach. I don't normally go to several places in the Bible, but if you're going to get this message the way God gave it to me, you're going to have to see all three of these stories. So will y'all, will y'all be patient and go along with me as we look at it? All right, here's the first murder. Uh, David, uh, David uh, is, has been made the king of Judah. Uh, Israel is divided. Saul has died. There's the northern kingdom uh, and there's the southern kingdom. Uh, David is the king of Judah. When Saul dies, uh, they make his son uh, the king of, of Israel uh, and he serves as king for about two years. Uh, Saul, before he dies, has a captain of his army. His name's Abner. And Abner serves under Saul, and Abner literally tries to kill David for that time that Saul is trying to kill David. It is Saul and Abner after David. Saul dies. David is promoted king of Judah. Now Abner is the captain of the host of Saul's son's army, and he is still at war with David, there is a war between the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Israel. And I'm going to tell you something this morning. Anywhere you get people, you're going to find war somewhere. And they are fighting. They are in a time of battle. And you know the statement, all is fair in war. When, 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 when it is wartime, uh, those deaths, though they are not expedient, though they are not uh, a good thing. They, that is not murder if someone dies in a time of war. And so you have David's army 
fighting Saul's son's army. You have Joab leading David's army. And you have Abner leading Saul's son's army. And you come to 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 15. And Abner the son of Ner and the servants of Ishbosheth, that's Saul's son, went out from Menahem to Gibeon and Joab the son of Zerai and the servants of David went out and met together by the pool of Gibeon. Two army powers are meeting together. Two uh, armies are, are, are coming together to fight. And Abner said to Joab, let the young men now arise and play before us. And Joab said, let them arise. Then there arose and went over by the number 12 of Benjamin, which pertained to Ishbosheth the son of Saul, and twelve of the servants of David. And they called everyone his fellow by the head and thrust his sword into the fellow's side. So they fell down together, wherefore the place was called Helkath Hazirum, which is in Gibeah. And there were there was a very sore battle that day. And watch this, Abner, remember Abner is Saul's, now Ishbosheth's uh, captain of his army, and Abner was beaten and the men of Israel before the servants of David. And there were three sons of Zerai, there Joab and Abishai and Asahel. And Asahel was light as a foot and wild as a roe, or uh, as light of a foot as a wild roe. And Asahel pursued after Abner. In going, he turned not to the right hand nor to the left from following Abner. Then Abner looked behind him and said, Art thou Asahel? And he answered, I am. And Abner said to him, Turn thee aside to the right hand or to thy left and lay thee hold on one of the young men and take thee his armor. But Asahel would not turn aside from following him. Watch this. And Abner said to Asahel, Turn thee aside from following me. Wherefore should I smite thee to the ground? How then should I hold up my face to, thy, to Joab thy brother? Howbeit he refused to turn aside, wherefore Abner with the hinder end of the spear smote him under the fifth rib and the spear came out behind him and he fell down there and died in the same place. And it came to pass as many came to the place where Asahel fell down and died and stood still. Now it's an unfortunate story. You have two soldiers at battle. Y'all stay with me. I, I, when, I, when I was studying this, I was struggling and praying and studying, Lord, how am I going to relate these two stories and keep people's attention? And, and that was the biggest worry that I had because I knew I was going to be. And, and, and so y'all stay with me here for just a minute. You have two soldiers. You have Joab fighting for David and his army. You have Abner fighting for Saul's family and their army. They come together. Saul's army and Abner are beaten. And here goes Abner running because that's what you do when you've been beaten. You retreat. One of Joab's little brothers, Asahel, the Bible said he was light on his feet. I mean, that boy could run. And he took off after Joab, and he's going to run him down. I'm sorry, after Abner, he's going to run him down, and he's going to be the hero of David's battle, the hero of David's army, and he's going to kill Abner. But what he don't know is that he may run quick, but he can't fight like Abner. Abner turns around in wisdom of being a soldier, and he says, Who's running after me? Is that Asahel, Joab's brother? And Asahel said, it is, it's me, and I'm going to kill you, Abner. He said, young man, don't, don't get any closer. Don't make me kill you. Can, can you, can you? He knows he's bad. 
He knows. I mean, I'm humoring you for a minute, young man. I know you're running at me and you think you're quick, but you're quick in the feet and not in the brain. And I'm going to kill you and I don't want to. And here he comes, he's running after him some more. He don't let up. And, and again, Abner yells, Asahel, slow down. Don't make me kill you. I, I, I don't like your brother Joab, but I respect him. And I don't want to have to face him having killed his little brother. But I will kill you if you put me in a corner. If it's your life or my life, Asahel, I got news for you. You're going down. Slow down, think about this, and go home. Here comes Asahel, I'm running you down, you old man. I'm going to kill you, and I'll be the greatest warrior in all of Judah and Israel. And again, Abner says, I'll kill you if I have to. I don't want to. And Asahel leaves Abner with no choice, and Abner smites Joab, and he dies right there. Now, isn't that unfortunate? But isn't he justified? I mean, you can't blame Abner. How can you be mad at Abner? He told him, I will kill you if you come closer. I'm not going to let you kill me. It's unfortunate, but it's justified. It's a time of war. The war is raging. The battle is on. And now Abner has killed Joab's little brother. Now, look in the next chapter quickly. Chapter 3, Abner realizes, man, this ain't working out, fighting David. This king I've hooked up with, Saul's son, is kind of a moron. And, and he don't know his head from a hole in the ground. And God has put his hand on David and Abner decides, I'm going to go to David. And I'm going to tell David, I know we've been fighting one another, but... I'm willing to make peace with you if you're willing to make peace with me. And he goes to David and he says just that to David in chapter 3. Let's make a league. Let's make an allegiance. Let's make peace. David says that's a good idea. Abner says, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll get my men who are following me and I'll tell them I've made allegiance with David. I've made a league with David. I've made peace with David. And I want you men to follow David. And he said, I'll help you be king of not just Judah, but the whole nation of Israel. Verse number 21 of chapter 3. And Abner said unto David, I will arise and go, and will gather all Israel unto my Lord the king, that they may make a league with thee, and that thou mayest reign over all that thine heart desireth. Watch this. It's important. And David sent Abner away, and he went in peace. War's over. There's been a peace treaty signed. The fighting that was going on was justified because it was in war, but it is over. And here comes Joab from the battle. This is the next verses. Joab comes to the king's house, and the servants of Joab says, Do you know what just happened? And he said, No, I don't been out he said Abner just came over here you remember Abner the one who killed your brother Asahel he just came over here and David made a league with Absalom David or with uh, uh, with Abner David made peace with Abner and they are in a truce they are in a peace treaty together 
And Joab goes and gets in the face of David and he says, what have you done? Don't you know that Abner will betray you? Don't you know that Abner cannot be trusted? And, and in a fit of rage, Joab leaves David. Watch what he does. Verse 23, when Joab and all the hosts, actually, let's, let's, let's see, verse 26, 2 Samuel 3. And when Joab was come out from David, he sent messengers after Abner which brought him again from the well of Sirah, but David knew it not. And when Abner was returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly and smote him there under the fifth rib that he died. Watch this. For the blood of Asahel, his brother. Now, let me ask you a question again this morning and we'll move to the next story. Y'all still good? I know it's a lot, but I think the message will be worth it if you, can get the, if you can get the building blocks of it. Boy, God's been preaching it to me the last week. Was Abner justified, I know it's hard to remember all these names, was Abner justified in killing Asahel? Yeah. Was Joab justified in killing Abner? Time of war is over. It's peace. Did David understand, though he may not have liked it, that Abner had to kill Asahel? Yes. But did David want Joab to kill Abner? Absolutely not. What a, what a terrible event. I mean, in war, it's justified. Outside of war, it is cold-blooded murder. I mean, Joab, the captain of the host of David's army, takes a spear and pierces the side of Abner under the fifth rib, puncturing his lung and his organs, and kills him. David says on his deathbed to Solomon, you remember what he did to Abner. He's got to die because you remember what he did to Abner. Here's the second story. Uh, not only the murder of Abner, but the murder of Absalom. Look in 2 Samuel chapter number 18 real quickly this morning. 2 Samuel chapter number 18. I'm trying to give this to you as quick as I can. Verse 1, And David numbered the people that were with him and set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. Now, before we read on, Absalom, David's son, has overthrew David's kingdom. David has had to leave Jerusalem, and Absalom has set himself up as king. Absalom has uh, made Amasa his captain of his army, and they've gone to war against David and Joab, the captain of David's army. And once again, David is in war, and Joab is fighting for David and David's army, and they're fighting against Absalom, David's son. I don't, I don't, I don't know. If sitting in here, you've ever had to go to war with somebody in your family, but that's the last people you want to go to war with. And this is his son, Absalom, David. And so David comes in chapter number 18. He is fleeing Jerusalem. He is fighting for his life. He's fighting for his throne. He's fighting for his nation. And all of this fight is against his own son, Absalom. Verse 2, chapter 18, 2 Samuel. And David sent forth a third part of the people under the hand of Joab. He said, I want a third of you to go with Joab. And a third part under the hand of Abishai, which is Joab's other brother. I want a third of you to go with Abishai. 
the son of Zerah, Joab's brother, and a third part under the hand of Ittai, the Gittite, and the king said unto the people, I will surely go forth with you also. The people responds back in verse 3 and says, No, you can't go with us. If they find out you're here, they're going to try their best to kill you. And David said, Fine, I won't do that. He said, But I'll send you out without me. Verse 5. He said, Here's what I want you to know. And the king, which is David, commanded Joab and Abishai, or Abishai and Ittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man, even with Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captain's charge concerning Absalom. That's pretty specific instruction from the king. I know Absalom has overthrown the kingdom. I know Absalom's rebellious, but he's my son. And for my sake, if you catch Absalom, I want you to be kind to him. You got that, Joab? Yes. You got that, Abishai? Yes. You got that, Ittai? Yes. All the rest of you, you've got that? Yes, we've got that. That is the king's orders. Be gentle for my sake with Absalom. Joab's armies run into Absalom. Absalom realizes he's beat and he takes off running. And that beautiful head of hair that Absalom has, he runs under an oak tree uh, on his mule and that head of hair is caught in that oak tree. And he's hung there and he can't get out. He's kicking and moving and swinging, trying to get out. He can't get his head of hair unhooked from that tree. What an event. And one of the servants sees him and he goes to Joab and he says, Joab, we've, we've got Absalom. He's hanging by a tree. God is... Turned him over to us. And Joab says, well, why didn't you kill him? And the servant of Joab says, because I heard the king tell you and me we wasn't allowed to. And he says, well, I'd have paid you if you did, but obviously you're a wimp and you can't handle anything, so get out of my way. I'm going to go take care of him. And the Bible said that that Joab went to Absalom while he was alive, hanging in the tree, and he took three darts, and he shot three darts through the heart of David's son, Absalom. Absalom is defenseless. Absalom is caught. David has said, don't kill him. I'd call that murder. And in the second king, the first king, chapter 2, he said, you know what he did to me. What did he do to David? He killed David's boy, which is pretty much like killing David. He killed David's son. He killed Abner. That's the second story. Y'all got time for one more story? And then the quick message. Here's the third story. Turn one chapter over, 2 Samuel chapter number 19. 2 Samuel chapter number 19. When Absalom ascended the throne and led a rebellion, obviously Joab couldn't lead the army anymore because Joab was loyal to David. And so Absalom got his own soldier, which was Absalom's cousin, Amasa, David's other sister Abigail had a boy and the boy's name was Amasa and Amasa was David's nephew making Amasa Absalom's cousin. And Absalom says to Amasa,
grew up together and I'm going to lead a rebellion against my father and I want you to be the captain of my army. I want you to lead my army. And he does that. But here's what happened. Absalom is dead now. And Amasa is kind of just wondering what's going to happen. Well, David, being the wise king that he is, realizes that all this animosity ain't going to help anybody. All this fighting ain't going to help anybody. All this war isn't going to help anybody. And so in 2 Samuel chapter number 19, verse number 13, David sends word to Amasa. He's already upset with Joab. Joab has killed Abner. Joab has killed Absalom. He's done with Joab. David is anyways. And so he sends word to Amasa, I know you were the captain of my son's army that came against me. But here's you an olive branch. Verse 13, And say ye to Amasa, Art thou not of my bone and of my flesh? God do so to me, and more also, if thou be not captain of the host before me continually in the room of Joab. You see what just happened? I'm fed up with Joab anyways. He's a murderer. He's always getting in trouble. I tell you what, Amasa, I know you led the rebellion against me with my son Absalom, but I want peace with you. You're my bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. I'll, I'll demote Joab and give you his job if you'll come work for me. What an olive branch. I mean, that's pretty nice. Uh, pretty kind. We want peace in Jerusalem. Amasa, you be the captain of my army. I know you did a good job, son. I want you to lead my army. Here's the problem. Joab's still hanging around. And in, in chapter number 20, verse number 8, when they were at a great stone which is in Gibeon, Amasa went before them, and Joab's garment that he had put on was girded unto him and upon his girdle with a sword fastened upon his loins and the sheath thereof. And as he went forth, it fell out. Joab said to Amasa, what's this? Art thou in health, my brother? And Joab took Amasa by the beard with the right hand to kiss him. But Amasa took no heed to the sword that was in Joab's hand. <coughs> so he smote him therewith in the fifth rib and shed out his bowels to the ground and struck him not again, and he died. So Joab and Abishai's brother pursued after Sheba the son of Bichri, and one of Joab's men stood by him and said, He that favoreth Joab and he that is for David, let him go after Joab. Verse 12, And Amasa wallowed in blood in the midst of the highway. Let me ask you a question. Was David at peace with Amasa? Had David made a league with Amasa? Had David made a, an allegiance and said we'll work together? Had David made Amasa his captain of his army? Did a Joab have a right to kill him? Absolutely not. And yet Joab, because for no other reason than the very fact that Amasa had Joab's job, he took his spear and put it under the fifth rib and killed him. And watch what he does. Verse 13, when he was removed out of the highway, all the people went on after Joab. Joab says, all right, now that he's out of the way, let's go fight the battle he was trying to fight. Let's continue on like nothing ever happened. Three murders. And David alludes to them in 1 Kings chapter 2. 
He says, you know what he did to me? That was with Absalom. You know what he did to Abner? You know what he did to Amasa? Three calculated, cold-blooded murders. He said, Solomon, if you ever want peace in your kingdom, Joab has got to die. Now here's the message this morning. In all three of these stories, there's three great truths that stand out about Joab. Number one, in all three of these stories, we see that Joab is a rebel. It's hard to see that as you read the entire life of Joab because there are times where Joab does that that's pleasing to David. There are times where Joab honors God. There are times where Joab lays his own life down seemingly for that of his nation and his country and his God. But when it comes down to it, When it comes down to the rubber meeting the road, Joab will do what David wants him to do as long as Joab agrees with David. But you let David and Joab have a difference of opinion. You let David, uh, who is the authority, he is the king, he is the ruler, he's the head honcho, you let David have a different opinion than Joab and Joab uh, will not do what David says. He's a rebel. Rebels never have peace. Are you hearing me this morning? I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to like it when I tell you. But sitting within the ribcage of you, in your heart this morning, there's a Joab. There's a rebel that don't like instruction, don't like to be told you're wrong, does not like to be reprimanded, does not like to be led, and it will show its ugly Joab head if you don't kill it. A rebel. It's in me. I was going to title this message The Joab and Josh. Because there's a Joab and Josh. But I thought that would kind of be seclusive to you. And I wanted you to know that there is a Joab in you. Young people with parents. You'll do what they want you to do as long as it's agreeable to you. You'll do what they want you to do as long as you think it's a good idea. But the moment you don't think it's a good idea, you're going to do what you want to do because it's what Joab wants to do. Husbands and wives, I know this isn't popular preaching in our day, but God has given instruction that the husband is to submit himself to God and the wife is to submit herself unto her own husband and we'll do what God wants us to do as long as what God wants us to do is what we want to do. But the moment that God says something contrary to what we want, we rebel. And wives have no problem submitting to their husbands as long as their husbands is listening to their instruction. You let that instruction be contradictory. And Joab will appear. You see it in church with church members and preachers. You see it in workplaces with with employees and employers. You see it everywhere you go. Teachers and and leaders in our world. You You will do what you are told until it is disagreeable. And then Joab will walk into the room and say, I've got a better idea. 
And David says, oh my, I hope you're hearing me this morning. David says to Solomon, I fought with Joab for my whole life. I have dealt with Joab and everywhere I turned, I knew one thing. If Joab ever disagreed with me, he would do what he wanted to do. And Solomon, if you want peace in your kingdom, if you want a life worth living, then Joab must die. He said, what are you telling me, preacher? I'm telling you that old man in you that wants to run has got to die. That old man in you needs to be laid down on an altar and given to God. That old man needs to be surrendered to God and you say, God, I'll do what you want to do. Joab don't want to, but I don't listen to a dead man. That's good preaching. Let me ask you a question. Is the reason why there's never any peace in your home, your life, because in your heart of hearts you're still a Joab. I'm not saying you're lost. Joab may have been a lost man, but Joab may have been a saved man. If he was a saved man, he was an extremely carnal man who lived his life to fulfill the desires of Joab. That's the first thing that stands out about Joab is he is a rebel. He's a rebel. Here's the second thing that stands out. Are y'all still hearing me this morning? Not only is he a rebel, but he's revengeful. We read it in chapter 2, I think it was, or chapter 3. He says to David, you can't trust Abner. But the real reason he didn't want Abner around is because Abner had killed his brother. And the Bible tells us that. He killed Abner for the blood that he shed of his brother. Absalom, when Absalom took over, not only did it dethrone David, but it dethroned Joab. He's not going to forget that. Amasa did nothing to Joab except take his job. And really, if you were Amasa and you were appointed by the king, wouldn't you have taken his job? It was the only crime he did towards Joab. But Joab said, I don't know who he thinks he is. He thinks he's going to take my job and live to talk about it? <laughs> Absolutely not. And not only is Joab a rebel, and it's in you. Do you see it? It is. It's in me. God, I don't want to do that. I know, but it's the right thing. I know, but I don't want to do it. And how many times have I done what I wanted to do when I knew what David wanted me to do? How many of you go into work every day and you know what the boss, you know what pleases your boss? And it don't really make a difference if you think he's an idiot, if you think he's a knot on a log. He's the one who writes your check. And if you're going to be right with God, you have to be right with him. And if you're going to be right with him, you have to do that that he asks you to do. As long as it's not immoral or illegal. Well, I think I know of a better way. Then maybe God will give you favor with him and he'll ask you one day. But until then, you do what pleases him. Are you hearing me? And the reason that you don't, and, and young people, my goodness, living in our homes, and, and we love you and we thank God for you, but the reason why there's a war so many times is because you don't think that mom and dad knows what you know, and you don't think that they have the mentality that you have, and you can have peace in your life if you let Joab die and let David run your life. 
and home. Joab is alive and well. But then that revenge, he's always plotting to get back and everybody who did him wrong. And sitting in here is not only people who have a rebellious Joab living in their ribcage, but they have a revengeful Joab living in their, in their ribcage and they want to make things right their own way. You, you're not going to do me dirty. You're not going to do me wrong. I'll get the last word. I will win this battle. And I'm going to tell you something. If revenge is running your life, you'll never have peace in your kingdom. You don't know what they did to me. I like what Brother Dana Williams said that time he was here at our youth meeting. He said, no one's ever done to you worse than you've done to God. No one's ever treated you bad as you've treated God. No one's ever broke your heart as bad as you've broken the heart of God. And yet God is not plotting revenge. Are y'all hearing me? And the reason why in our churches and in our homes and in our schools and our families and in our workplaces that we can't get along and there is no peace is because we're trying to get back with people. We're trying to get back at people. We are holding things against people that should have never been. It was a time of war. Joab, don't you know that Abner had no choice? Joab, don't you know that Absalom was David's son and within David's heart, though Absalom was wrong, he wanted him to live. Don't you know that Amasa did nothing to you? Why do you got to get him back? Oh, that's a preaching message right there. Here's the third thing, and I'm done. Third characteristic. David said, Joab's got to die not only because he's a rebel, not only because he's revengeful. Let me say this something about this revengeful. Hey, some of you mad at the people you're married to and you've been, married, you've been mad a long time and you won't let it go what they did or what you think they did. And there ain't going to be a lick of peace in your home till you get that right. Are you hearing me? But here's the third one. He's ruthless. Abner. Abner, come over here and talk to me. How can you take your arm and put it around the man? I mean, at least it would have been admirable if he said, Abner, my name is Joab. You killed my brother. Prepare to die. Huh, you know? Let's go. Let's duel. He said, come here. Give me a hug, buddy. Good to see you. With his sword pierced his eye. No compassion, ruthless. Absalom hanging from a tree. Hey, y'all cut him down. Let's let's at least fight like men. No. Three darts in his heart. No compassion for Absalom, no compassion for David. He says, My son. Amasa. 
grabs him by the beard. Going to kiss him. That's kind of a... Don't want to get, don't want to go into another message, but we kind of see a Judas Iscariot in that picture, don't we? A, a betrayal kiss and runs the spear in his side, kills him. I mean, how do you go to bed and live with yourself knowing that this man thought I was hugging and going to kiss him and be his friend, my cousin? And I took a sword. You talk about putting a knife in somebody's back. Ruthless. I guess here's the thought. Joab would lie, steal, cheat, murder to promote Joab and to protect Joab. And sitting in your ribcage is a Joab that if it means protecting you and promoting you I'm not saying that's who's running your life, but it's there. I'm not saying that's who's in control this morning, but it's there. There's a Joab and you would lie to cover your tracks. You would lie to cover your name. Did you do that? (laughs) No, it wasn't me. You would steal. Not me. Be surprised what you would do. I know, I know somebody's probably mad at me because you think I would never, but it's in you. Or you're not human. You would lie, you would steal, you would cheat, you would kill. To cover up for Joab. Ruthless. Never even considering what it might do to others. And so David says, and I'm done. Solomon, you want peace? You got to get rid of that rebel. You want peace? You got to get rid of that revengeful man. You want peace? You got to get rid of that ruthless man. I like how he dies. I know it sounds bad. But 2 Kings, let's let's look at it and be done. 2 Kings chapter number. 2, verse 28. I know I've preached a long time. I appreciate your patience. Verse 28. Then tidings came to Joab. For Joab had turned after Adonijah, though he turned not after Absalom. And Joab fled under the tabernacle of the Lord. David's dead now. Joab fled under the tabernacle of the Lord and caught hold on the horns of the altar. I studied and found out that when a man wanted mercy. He would go to the tabernacle and hold on to the altar. And as he held on to the altar, he would assume, how are you going to kill me while I'm holding on to the altar that connects me to God? What that was was a plea for mercy. Well, we've been preaching on blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. But when you're a ruthless man like Joab, I doubt you're going to get a whole lot of mercy. He goes and he holds on to the altar. And it was told King Solomon that Joab was fled into the tabernacle of the Lord. And behold, he is by the altar. Then Solomon sent Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, saying, Go fall upon him. And Benaiah came to the tabernacle of the Lord. And he said unto him, Thus saith the king, Come forth. And he said, Nay, but I will die here. Joab says, I know you're going to kill me, but if you're going to kill me, you're going to kill me on the altar. 
And Benaiah brought the king word again, saying, Thus said Joab, and thus he answered me. And the king said to him, Do as he said. Fall upon him and bury him. That thou mayest take away the innocent blood and Joab shed from me and from the house of my father. And the Lord shall return the blood on his own head who fell upon two men more righteous and better than he. But here's what the Holy Ghost showed me this morning. As I was reading over this text one more time. There's only one place to kill Joab. And it's on the altar. You're not man enough to kill Joab in the battle. You ain't bad enough to handle Joab on the front porch. You're not big enough to handle Joab in your own strength. But on the altar. It's time to kill Joab. On the altar, you can bring all that rebellion. You can bring all that revenge. You can bring all that ruthlessness that makes up your carnal man. And you can lay it on the altar. And thank God the Lord Jesus knows how to handle your joy. Come to the pit. You know something interesting And she's coming to the piano? At the end of, I think it's chapter 23 or 26, 2 Samuel, David gives his list of mighty men. And the reason why a man like Joab would want to be the way he is is because he wanted to be a mighty man. David gives his list of mighty men, and there's 37 of them. Abishai, Joab's brothers, mentioned in that list. Asahel, Joab's other brothers in that list. Uriah the Hittite who David had killed is in that list but there's no Joab that man Joab will never make you what you want to be will never satisfy oh I'm preaching this morning he'll never he'll never bring to pass in your life what you're trying to get But if you bring him to an altar and lay him before God, you can have peace in your home. Oh, you, you could walk out of these doors today and this morning on this altar, God could fix what's messed up in your marriage. You could walk out of these doors today and God could fix what's messed up in your home, what's messed up in your heart. And all it would take is you laying Joab on the altar. Lord, thank you this morning. Thank you. Help us now in this invitation. In the name of Christ, we pray. Help me. Lord, help me to kill the Joab and Josh. Oh, Lord, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand all over the building.